2: rank squad and welcome to your favorite football podcast this is ranks fc and we're coming at you live and direct from london right after england have qualified for their first major tournament final in a million years uh, my name is jack collins and i'll be host <laughs> today and joining me is as usual it's sam tyler rank God. hello mate how are you uh, i'm all right mate i imagine you're much better than i am i'm i'm okay purely okay
1: Look, it's about half an hour or so since since the semi-final finished. I've had time to calm down and to compute and to relax a little bit into process. But ultimately, I've just spent the last 120 minutes stressed out of my brain. This was a, this was a game that was <laughs> unlike the Ukraine game in so many ways, in the wrong ways as well. So I'm just pleased we're through it. I'm pleased we get to talk about it. And I'm not so sad because if we had to sit here and talk about an extra time loss for England and talk about Denmark in the final... I'm not sure if I could handle that, my friend. I would have been purely on your <laughs> narrative vibes. It would have been one-way traffic
2: for me as well. You would have hated it. Um, but as Dean Jones is, is very much on Wembley Way, I'd like to introduce uh, for the first time a new friend of the pub, Mr. Muhammad, but chief writer at Squawker and a fellow Pedri enthusiast, which I'm you know, delighted to to announce. Um, and welcome to the show, mate. <laughs> How you doing, lads? What's going on? Yeah, well, good.
0: except for, you know... Well, I'll tell you what's what's going on, Mohammed.
1: I'll tell you what's going on, my friend. England are in the final of Euro 2020. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going for it there. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to, I thought, oh, no, 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 because I'm not stupid.
0: (laughs) Right. Also, technically, wasn't the song just about the tournament being hosted in England? So, hasn't it already even,
1: done what it was supposed to technically speaking it was just about the fact that we were hosting it and it, you know it, it's fine and it's also not been 30 years it's been 56 or so but yeah um well it's, <laughs> it, it's basically all completely outdated but yes. you don't you'll only catch dean jones <laughs> claiming it's coming home before it's actually come home i am not <laughs> so silly Do
2: you know what really upsets me about this song at the moment and look i don't mind it i'm I, you know when i was there at the italy spain game yesterday an amazing time we'll come on to it but yeah, everyone was singing "It's coming home, crack on." Fair enough, it's in England. You know, do do your thing. But there's obviously this line about Jules Rame still gleaming, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, no matter if England win this tournament or not, lads, like that's that's not the trophy. Like, <laughs> this, is a separate, this is a separate issue. Like this is this is a trophy called the, the Henri Delaunay Trophy. Like this is and not wasn't Jules didn't, Ramey. didn't
0: the Jules Rame Trophy get nicked in England? Didn't like it dog, did it got, Didn't I thought the it got found by a dog. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, isn't that just like the how can it be gleaming it's in someone's garden my dog. <laughs> it's covered in spit
2: man <laughs> it's not gloomy. um yeah well so that's it look i don't mind crack on if it comes home then uh in inverted commas then crack on but please don't think about jules romay it's a very different trophy <laughs> um, but let's talk about england because uh england were exceptional tonight Mamed. a really really impressive performance against denmark who were resolute and and spirited and all of the things you expect and you know actually fully put England under the cost. They they scored the first goal being has been, you know, the England have conceded in this tournament. England had to come from behind for the first time in the tournament and, and Denmark were excellent, but England, a very, very, very professional performance over 120 minutes, I thought.
3: Yeah,
0: it, it was gut check time, right? This is the thing, we all wondered about England, and we all wondered about Italy as well to a degree, but coming to semi-finals is what happens if someone bloodies their nose, right? How can they handle uh, someone genuinely giving it to them, right? Because we didn't know in Italy, we'll come to that later, uh and both both of them did and I thought England I was they, they started it a bit sort of like is their usual flurry right they came out of the traps flying at Denmark and it was like okay here we go here we go here we go but England Denmark resisted that took the lead with that amazing dams free kick absolutely beautiful although baby arms you know uh taller goalkeeper with longer longer limbs would have saved it but um uh, <laughs> mate, the dip mate, the dip on that free kick was something no, the, awesome. the, the, the dip was unreal but he was there he, his hand was right there if he had a, like, literally one inch longer arms he would have said. but look that's I don't want to get too bad on it. basically the, that's a huge body blow right you, you're like we're invincible we haven't considered a goal or tournament they don't even know how to play from behind their entire system is geared to going ahead and then just st- staying there Like the idea that coming from behind is a whole different kind of skill set and they have to go behind and credit to them man and you know they, they were England weren't like at their best. They weren't really even near their best. But basically with Maguire at the back and Sterling at the front and Phillips in the middle, it all just sort of worked. Because those three, that spine of the team was just like, well, I mean, Sterling wasn't really a spine, it was wide. But, you know, those three players in those three uh, bands just worked outrageous especially Maguire and Sterling just utterly ridiculous Maguire kept on getting better the game was going I'm thinking okay at some point he's going to make a mistake because he's playing way too well it's like you know how you know how when defenders play really well you think oh he's going to drop a clanger and it's going to be oh he's ruined all his hard work he was playing that well and he didn't drop a clang. he kept going and going and going heading everything getting to everything um Stones was decent beside him Walker and Shaw were good as well they weren't like great or anything but they were good but Maguire was amazing. Phillips was into that first half, especially the first uh, 60 minutes. Phillips was unreal. And then Rice got retired and Phillips got kind of tired and it sort of fell off a bit. But he was amazing. like The way he played the ball and passed the ball, uh, just absolutely fantastic. And Sterling, I mean, he robbed it, right? Remember when Robin used to get faster, faster and faster as the game got on? And you're thinking, <laughs> hang on, bad. what's going on there? And he's we. You're thinking, look, last time is at time. you're thinking, he looks flipping knackered. Take him off, get Rashford on. Extra time, it's like, right, here we go, lads. Just running by
2: everybody, like, constantly. It's like,
3: bloody hell. He that was running
2: from? on fumes, and then suddenly he had all the energy in the world. And, and there was a lot of questions, obviously, when, when, when Greenish got subbed on and then off again, right? And he fully, <laughs> Tom, Kara Southgate, Thomas Too called him. Um, oh, but that he, was horrible. But actually, because, you know, the way that Sterling then responds and, and, and goes up a gear again is it, completely the right decision. And there would have been a lot of people who would have been like, that's a bit, you know, a bit weird in terms of where it's at. But it, it's worked, Sam.
1: Is it genuinely that embarrassing nowadays if a sub gets subbed? Like, I know, obviously, we know, always talk I'm about not, it and I'm we not. always say it. We always say that. No, but Gary Neville was talking about it on the commentary stream afterwards. It's he was like, deep, it? I, was, I was terribly embarrassing for the boy. Terribly embarrassing. I was like, is it or is it just... Part of a tactical plan. Greece was subbed on with the game in the balance one-one, 70 minutes. Denmark on the back foot. Denmark absolutely exhausted. Can I just he add that? What we well? needed to do. Oh, they yeah. Were, they were absolutely dead on their feet. They were being stretched left to right, left to right, back and forward, back and forward. They were trying, England were trying everything they could to rip them open. So they started sending on their very skillful playmakers, their ball carriers, the players that can force the issue. And then they took the lead. And we'll get on to the point (laughs) of they took the lead because, you know, we'll talk, uh, you know, maybe not, uh okay, never mind. Don't worry, I'll be the voice of reason, it's okay. (laughs) Objective achieved, right? So if you're bringing on Trippier, you're obviously changing your objective, right? You go back three, Walker right centre back, Trippier in at wing back, sure on the other side. And Denmark in the meantime, by the way, gone down to 10 men because they've lost another man yeah they didn't
2: mention this on the ITV
1: commentary for a good 10 minutes (laughs) no because they didn't figure it out but did you see the um did you see the Denmark manager Kasper Yulman do a 4-4-1 with his fingers yeah at at halftime and extra time and I went he's forgotten a player (laughs) it's this manager literally forgotten it's 11 aside but he hadn't he hadn't forgotten that he is a professional football manager and he knows it's 11 v 11 but he had been stricken a seventh man had gone down and he couldn't use him but Look, it's objective achieved with Greece on the pitch. And then you shut up shop again. England spent the last six minutes of that game passing the ball around. They weren't trying to score another goal. Oh, Sterling was trying to score another goal. Okay, he, so- he, he wanted <laughs> yeah. another goal. Everyone
0: else everyone else was like, no, we don't want to go. Raheem, no, stop
1: Raheem. He was like, I want a goal at Wembley, man. I'm playing at Wembley. Give yeah, me the ball. Yeah, no, no, he was. And he was he was absolutely splendid. He was, you're right. And to be honest, Mohamed, you talk about Maguire there. I, I, thought, I thought Walker, once again, was very, very good. And, and Walker in these yeah. scenarios... Feels like a bit of a cheat code because of that ridiculous recovery speed that he has. And I know that obviously a lot of modern players, a lot of modern defenders are quick, but he is ridiculous. He is. It's like and a turbo, isn't right? it? Like- it is. And it's like, oh, you can just you can push forward and push forward and you can inch your defensive line higher and higher and higher. And you can take that risk and you can balance that risk really well because you know that you've got that guy at the back. And if anyone escapes over the top, Walker's getting there. Is, is and look,
2: the, I don't know, man. If Fede Chiesa escapes over the top, I don't think anybody's catching.
0: Well,
1: well, this,
2: just, we'll
0: have to see. This is the thing with Walker. It's funny because often, they, like when he's playing in defence, right back, especially right centre back, he gets caught like in weird positions. You're like, "Well, no, 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 Carl, what are you doing there? Don't stand there." But he has the leg. It's like it's the bad habits fast players often get into, right? Because they're so quick. Jordi Albert like this whole life is this thing. Yep. He's never in the right place because he's so fast. It's like I can just recover. And then, but what the problem, the one thing I well, always my caution about Walker is because he has this cheat code paste, right? It's not all. Sometimes it doesn't, you can't get away. Sometimes someone is going to punish you for it.
1: And, and you Miller got it. a shot away.
0: This is what I'm saying. Sometimes, uh, and uh, uh, Timo Werner was running clean through on goal, and uh, Chankov for uh, Ukraine was just killing him for like 40, t- 20 minutes straight. So it's like sometimes someone's going to get away from you. And it's just, that's always my worry, Walker. But yeah, he was very good. Stones. When they tested him, which often they didn't really get the ball, never got to him because Maguire was just so dominant. But when the ball did get Stone, Stones was good as well. Um, you know, it was just uh, the, the, the way England. I agree with you about Greenwich. I think it was really harsh. I would have taken off Kane personally, just because Kane was. Besides, it's so funny because honestly, like besides, it's it's weird to say because obviously he made the game winning, the game breaking pass for the for the equalizer, right? Beautiful ball in behind, outrageous pass. The kind of thing he disrespects. I'm thinking, there it is. That's why he's on the pitch. And then obviously scores the winning goal, but he was actually not very good. <laughs> like he was sluggish, he was slow as he has been all tournament, didn't although, really get the best of he, he, yeah. he, won he so wasn't
2: many free kicks. Yeah. yeah. yeah kind he kind of just break it up when especially when Ingar under the court, I thought he won an incredible amount He like, picked very, on Vestergaard
0: very, well. very well. Yeah, yeah. He picked, yeah. He, he really because he, was he, he, he
2: wasn't getting much out of out of Christensen and
0: Kia, so he's like, All right. You're not as good as as the rest of the other two. Let me pick on you, and he didn't. He got he got a
2: lot of change out of Vestergaard. He played. He, he, he didn't. He was getting nothing out of Yerkim Anderson. I mean,
1: who yeah. does? Oh, shut know? up, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Vestergaard got rinsed all game yeah. long by yeah. everyone that yeah. came into contact from with him. He won every header ever. Yeah. Well, because that's well, what he does, right? He's, but it's he's nine foot
2: ten. Yeah, but right? that's what England did for the first 45 minutes. They launched balls at Vestergaard. I was like, What are you doing? Like, <laughs> stop launching the ball at the man who is two meters tall. But, but you know, this this is the problem with the back three where all three
0: of the centre backs should be the middle centre back, right? You're, you're playing a you're playing a back three where none, no one is. I mean, Christensen is so talented and all-round talented that he can get away with playing wide. But Vestagaard, if anyone runs at you like Vestergaard cannot cannot do that and that this is the thing that Denmark almost found out because once Anderson came on and I like Anderson he's a good player but he's not Anderson, uh, Christians and then suddenly it was there was no like Kia was like wait wait where's the movement gone that anyone could run it you ran at them and they really caused problems Sterling caused problems there's cars going mad outside my house it's it's this is incredible honestly because <laughs> uh, no, where I live in East London it's just it's mostly just North Africans so I mean when Algeria won the African Nation, it was great but not even really much with England but now it's, everyone's going mad that's
2: how big this is guys people are people are very happy people are very yeah. happy in fact uh talking of very happy people should we uh just breathe quickly to get a, a voice note from Dean Jones on Wembley Way
3: hello lads so yeah um I'm just going to a taxi it's 20 to 1 in the morning uh, it's a lot later than I thought it would be getting home tonight. It's been a bit chaotic, and it's kind of sapped the energy out of the night. To be honest, getting back from Wembley has taken a couple of hours. Um, everyone's kind of drained at this point. Um, but obviously, it was it was amazing. Um, not the best performance. Um, you know, I, I was telling everyone around me to stay calm. It sort was of be controlled and. And when Denmark scored a 30 yarder, which you know, was always going to be the case, if they were going to score, it's going to be a set piece. Um, then we'd have to get back in it. And obviously the sterling goal just like, well, it was an own goal, wasn't it? But it looked like a sterling goal from where we were. And it, it just kind of brought the place to life again. And it just went absolutely mental. I didn't go over three rows of seats this time, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, in the end, it just felt like, honestly, like a just an arduous night. It felt so like you put so much into it, and I guess it was just a release of energy, really. When Kane sticks in the rebound, um, the elation around the stadium—I'm sure you could all hear on TV—and it was mad. It was just absolutely mad from that point on. And the players joining in the celebrations, everyone on their seats. Sweet Caroline, um, yeah, it was. It was very weird to be honest. It, was, it just felt very surreal to be celebrating that moment and knowing that we got into a, a first Euro final. Um, so I think people are like pretty level-headed about the fact we might not beat Italy, but we're we're in it, and that's all you could really ask for. Um, it was a good night. I don't think it was as good as the Germany night, to be honest with you. There's something not quite the same, and I think it was um, I just you know it was more an instinctive feeling against Germany, whereas tonight there was a lot of expectation on it, and you know people paying a lot of money to tickets to be there to say they were there, and all the rest of it, and it kind of adds a bit of tenseness to the occasion, but it is obviously amazing, and we did it, boys, we did it. we're in the final. Um, can't believe it. Come on England.
2: I mean, obviously. Heard the Harry Maguire song there, um, which is which is. i not nice hear Dean. Of, no, didn't Dean. Hear Dean very much, but heard the Harry Maguire song. Um, and and look, Mohammed, you, you pointed out he was he was excellent like, almost inch perfect on a yellow card now the yellow card was harsh uh in, in my opinion i thought it was yeah boring. that wasn't. i yellow. mean he's chucked he's chucked his arm around a little bit so i can see why the referee has given didn't it shit but, get a
1: penalty for that early in the tournament?
2: yeah but like i also think there's there's a level of this on on the timeline on twitter everyone's going absolutely mad right everyone's going mad this referee supports denmark like all <laughs> of these things like, i'm watching this thing like, i didn't I'm feel reading, like that mate i'm reading it <laughs> going down and i'm going Okay, but the only decision he's got wrong is the penalty. <laughs> I mean, a pretty big decision to get wrong. I was but like, but still. the only decision he's got wrong is the one in England's favour. Yeah. Um, but yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, the ref supports Denmark. Shout Sam, we'll go, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Should but, we talk um, about the penalty though? We should probably talk about yeah. both Harry Maguire and the penalty. Let, let's start, let's start with the penalty and then we'll come on to Maguire's performance. But yeah, I mean soft is soft is kind. He's bored. It? It. He's bought it, man. He, he,
0: he went to went to WH Smith, came back with a penalty. You know, <laughs> fair play. How much did uh, it cost? Oh, that looked like at least a fiver. No, I no, think, sorry. I think 499. Is, no, Look, it costs
1: cost tw- 20 further years of success if we win this final, mate. That's oh, here he we asked. go. Look at uh,
2: that. You can't be chucking your leg out like Yerkin. Mellis. Look, Jürgen Mel has been, yeah. you know, for me, behind Spina the player of the tournament, and maybe behind Sterling now, but, but has been absolutely flawless for pretty much all of this. Now, England managed him incredibly well tonight, I thought. Okay, um, Osaka, that's what he was there for. Yeah, Mela
1: did not really play this game.
2: No, and but but you can't be chucking your leg out in the box like that because someone is going to just be like, "Sound, I'll have a little bit of that." And yes, <laughs> Sterling Sterling falls down very easily; it is soft. But but if you do that, and you can expect to be punished, it's stupid. Mm, and, yeah, and, and I think and there's something that... from
1: Norgard as well on just after that as well. There's there's a couple of them sort of offering it, you know, hip, a leg, a calf, whatever it is. And Raheem's already at a sort of like a you know a ridiculous it... angle already going down. I don't I don't want to say it's a dive because I'm not sure it's a dive, but it's one of those where you're like, eh. It's well acted.
0: Yeah, Nor, but Nor, God, Nor God, who I thought played well actually when he came on had a bit of fire to the midfield alongside Hoyberg, who was just toiling in there. But I was like, like Thomas, do you want to help me out a little bit? Thomas yeah. Delaney
2: was, but like...
1: Thomas is too tired. Yes,
0: Thomas,
2: like, Thomas he- went in like an absolute like. Train to begin with and then
0: yeah. he just like yeah.
2: tailed off because he ran out of energy
1: and poor well, Hoiberg is there doing. like
0: just fighting everybody like with not literally fighting although he probably would if you asked him to but he was you know <laughs> uh technically with the ball just giving it everything is it like someone help me for god's sake because yeah Joachimela was not because and this is the thing right what everyone said about Southgate picking Saka over Sancho which obviously on paper looks ridiculous Saka was there to do a job and he did the job uh Joachimela did not do anything while Saka was on the on the field so he started doing a bit of stuff when he was Saka went off, but then it was all in his own final third to escape the press because by then England were so settled in their ways. So Southgate, well played there, absolutely shut Yuki Mela down. So without that, Hoiberg was denied. But yeah, the penalty. Whew, I mean, he's bought <laughs> it. He's bought it. it. He went there. Got it. He, he went to get a penalty sloppy defending you don't you don't do that you, you don't like, it's one of those ones where you're it's
2: like tired defending isn't
0: it yeah he was tired it would it's just it's just what don't don't put don't give the referee a chance don't give the players a chance you know it's one of those ones where yeah obviously that's a dive or not a dive but he's bought that he's, an, he's exaggerated it but then at the same time you're mad at the guy because why do you even give him the chance just don't wave your leg around and it's not going to, you can't do anything. But then Kane steps up and you're thinking he's going to bury this. Cause obviously oh, very, very good at penalties, Harry Kane. Amazing. He's brilliant. And and you're thinking this is just going to smash into like, there's no way he's going to miss this. And then he missed it. This <laughs> is like, and it wasn't even a good penalty. It was rubbish. It was like, Oh, what happened there? But like Schmeichel he tried to catch it, didn't do, he? Right? Yeah. Schmeichel tried to catch it. He should have just knocked it away. He tried to catch it, spilled out of his hands. And Kane's like, all right, I'll have that. Thank you. And then Foden, did you see Foden's face after it went in? He was like, "Yeah, yeah," like completely it, looked like Maradona, Maradona in '94. but Maradona in '94. It's because
1: Foden was thinking, "You're going to get this haircut, son." That's <laughs> what he was thinking the whole time. Like, you're going to look so silly with this.
2: It's a strange one, isn't it? Because like, it's such a bad penalty. There's loads of stuff going on. Also, did you notice there was two balls on the pitch? Yeah. When Sterling goes through, like, yeah. very odd. Like, yep. very odd. Now, I'm not sure if that's someone chucking it on trying to get the ball game stopped or it's just rolled on again. But I'm pretty sure the rules say that if there's two balls on the
1: pitch, play has to be stopped. Yeah, because about 10 minutes later, there was two balls on the pitch and everyone had to stop. Yeah. It's literally as simple as that. But I didn't notice that until the replay. So if the rest not seen that, fair enough.
2: <laughs> look, it is what it is. And and look, they score. There's a couple of weird things. There's the laser being shot in Kasich Michael's that's just eyes. Harsh, man. That's and just so bad the, the best it. thing ever that's what I mean yeah. superhuman isn't he he still no. saves it he's getting this laser shot in his face and he's like shut up <laughs> I'm going to save this penalty um, but maybe that's why he doesn't catch it you'll never we'll never know we'll mm. never know yeah. um, look, look it, we'll move on from England in a second hang on hang on, on let, me
1: get, yeah, let, me, let me give you a couple closing comments here because I just want to say I cannot get off this podcast without saying Denmark's pressing in that first half in particular until they ran out of energy caused England the sort yeah. of problems that they just have not had this entire tournament And it seemed to be pinpointed on Maguire, which I thought was really strange. It wasn't pinpointed on Shaw or Stones, and it wasn't on a particular sort of pass. It was whenever Maguire passed back to to Jordan Pickford. And Pickford and Maguire and the whole distribution channel was completely disrupted by Denmark's pressing. It was one of the best coordinated presses I've seen from an international tournament, uh, international team in, in a long time. And Pickford was going nuts at everybody because he couldn't <laughs> land a single pass. Yeah. Because everybody was going, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. They looked as stressed those centre-backs as I did on my sofa at home watching this entire semi-final, it right?
0: was It was genius because Maguire is the guy that brings the ball out from the back, right? So it's like, instead of targeting the weak, the weak guys, because they'll just then start giving it to Maguire. Target Maguire... And you know, and Henderson, these guys, Maguire and, and uh, Pickford, are great passers. But if you press them constantly, even great passers are going to make mistakes. Are going to be a bit conservative, not going to take one of risks. You know, to semi final. It was genius because it worked because Maguire wasn't bringing the ball out from the back really with any any of his usual authority and was just constantly giving it to other guys. And the other guys were like, "What? I'm going to give it to me?" <laughs> and everyone was panicking, completely disrupted. It. And right, and the thing with as well is sometimes when that happens, your defense, your midfielders will drop in there and they'll help out a little bit, but. Uh, they weren't really Rice definitely wasn't didn't have it that's like his worst game of the tournament I thought he was really sort of neutered they didn't really oppose him with anything Denmark and so he had, he had no one to tackle no one to mark no one to block and then he isn't really that useful in the passing game anyway so it was like they managed to basically make England carry a spare man which I thought
1: was really clever and it well, was very very good but they just ran out of energy man but yeah it worked until they, until they literally just went yeah. to put Honestly, they just at a certain point, right somewhere between the 60th and 70th minute, Denmark as an entire unit ran out of energy. And at that point, that's where Maguire starts to bring the ball out and starts to break the lines by carrying it forward and beating yeah. a man. And then you can't man mark, then you can't press properly. And that's where England started to take control of this game. And yeah. that also avoided a nice issue, well, bad issue for England's perspective. Where was our midfield for like 25 minutes in that first half? It literally <laughs> just evaporated.
0: Yeah. Completely
1: and utterly evaporated.
0: Do if you know what it looked like,
1: right? If
2: yesterday was the battle of two, the two best midfields in the tournament, today yeah. was a battle of no midfields yeah. in, for, for long parts of the game. And then look, that, that does, that's not to say that individuals didn't have good games. You know, you pointed out that, that Calvin Phillips, I thought, did pretty well across yeah. the course of it. I thought that that Bear was was absolutely immense once again. But you're right; there was just there were long periods where just midfields didn't exist. There was wow, no play through midfield. And and that
0: was that was uh, and it you know it reminded me of it reminded me of Chelsea under Frank Lampard where they actually have good midfielders on the pitch but the board is not going through there at all it's like it's going everywhere but there Mount Mount look looks like Mount from when he was when Lampard was manager where he was just running around trying to do everything at once because no one was doing anything sensibly and then what Mount, Mount usually looks like yeah yeah what Mount usually looks like is he looks like Mount as a took out where it's like okay I'm playing this role doing this because of this. And that makes sense; it's structural. Whereas today, it was like, there, like you said, there was no midfield on either side. Really, I mean, Denmark don't really play through midfield anyway, so it's whatever. Those guys are just screeners. But it, but England, I mean, they had that he's passed the ball to them, but apart from a few balls from Phillips, which looked quite nice, England didn't really get it going through there. Uh, uh, Mount was really got lost in lost in the game. Kane, I mean, again, it says everything that that Kane created the goal by dropping into number ten, which he hasn't really done this tournament. He's just sort of meandered around the pitch, looking like kind of lost but he dropped into number 10 and that was when the goal came because there was suddenly an incisive pass from midfield it was a striker that played it but beautiful pass to uh, to Saka lovely little square ball and then you know Jarpa panics but it was it it's the funny thing about about it's it's the one thing that worries me because uh, like you say Sam it, uh, it all came from Denmark's press right and what is the one thing Italy do better than anyone else at Euro 2020 yeah. press press the ball
2: <laughs> So, awesome. It's here we true. go. It's true. Look, look. We'll come on to we'll come on to the final, and we'll come on to kind of predicting how things will play out, and all of these things after break. But, but I want to go to the other semi first, and kind of mad that both have gone the distance in some ways. Obviously, England didn't didn't get into shootout today, but it, it has gone 120 minutes. Both of them tight affairs that are, you know haven't quite opened up until late in the game. But Italy, Spain yesterday, and I was lucky enough to be to be at Wembley was one of the best games I've ever witnessed in the flesh it was absolutely glorious and It was not only a chessboard in the middle of the pitch, but it was like fire, fire on fire down the wings. It was just everything (laughs) I wanted in a game. It wasn't just a tactical battle, but it was. And then it also had this kind of element of like, oh, we're really, really tight and moving it really nicely and playing really like cool, compact stuff. but We can also just unleash over the top and everything. Basically, it was was an anime fight scene, right? That's what you're saying. They're (laughs) they're on a
0: chessboard, but there's fire everywhere, and everyone's just doing cool stuff. Yeah, it was glorious. The I mean, again, I don't want to. Put it. The quality of football between the two semi semi-finals is like <laughs> night and day. The, the, it, it, Italy and Spain were the two best players at the tournament coming in. Spain obviously have problems at either end, but midfield-wise, I mean, Pedri Busquets and Coca have been fantastic, yeah. you know, and he didn't bring on Fabian Ruiz, which is why the midfield never slacked off. He's been doing that lately and Fabian hasn't been doing well. But anyway. Uh, Real Betis fan uh, over there doesn't like that comment. No, look, look. Fabian should not have left Real Betis. He left one year. He left too early. He made the wrong choice of club. And then his hair looks really weird now. Fabian <laughs> Reese is, is a genius. <laughs> Fabian is a great footballer. I, I would
2: it's love Fabian Reese. It's, it's all valid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, he should not have left when he did. Left too early. Went to the wrong place as well. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Spain looked great, and then Italy. It was so funny because honestly, that uh, midfield Verratti, uh, um, Jorginho, um, and, and Barella—you're thinking, okay, this is great. But then what happened was, what always happens when Busquets plays. One of the big uh, other big European nations is Busquets is like, all right, sit down, lads. This is my this is my house, and just ran the show. And and J- J- was like, what am I doing? I mean, that was. But yeah, you talk about centre pressing. That was also great pressing from Spain from Spain because Coque was like, all right, Verratti, no, 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 you don't have any space. Pedro was like, Jorginho, you don't have any space. And so Italy couldn't get the ball out through other of those guys because Spain were just denying them the ball, denying, denying them space. And then, so then they had to, they had to, had to go long to, uh, to Immobile, who is it's not, he's not Bollotti. So what are you doing? And, you well, know, it's
1: it, not, it couldn't it's not make great, Mahmoud. Like- he couldn't it's make not anything great. stick, we- stop. He's well, got forty-one goals in a year. Yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't that doesn't matter when seventeen <laughs> are from the penalty spot and the other.
0: Yeah, no, no, I know, I know, I know, I it, know. It it's a very frustrating situation for Italy because if he was at least in great form, which he, I mean, had a down year, but he would have been like, okay, maybe fine. But yeah, it's he's not like Belotti is by far the better option. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the final. To be I honest. don't,
1: I don't think either are particularly. Enticing, he's not great, but he's honest, better. He's better. But look, you've touched on probably the thing that defined the early stages of that game. Which was like there was a combination as a couple of things. One is like the grace of Busquets and Pedri that yeah. were running that midfield. And Jack, we talked in the preview about it's the ultimate midfield battle. It's the technical talents and the workhorses who comes out on top. And ultimately, it was Busquets and Pedri by a country mile. They absolutely dominated this game. But they wouldn't have done it without the real, true, like blue collar workman like nature of Coquelin. <laughs> Who just removed Verratti from the game? The Atletico Madrid man. And there was, and there was a, there was a knock-on effect to this. So again, the, the other question we asked ahead of this game: How do Italy handle the fact that Spinazzola, who has been without Verratti, their number one ball progressor for the entire tournament, how do they handle life without Spinazzola? And the actual question, of course, when we get to the game was: How do they handle life without Spinazzola and Verratti? Because <laughs> neither played football that day. That was genuinely the case. And look, that was the reason that Italy struggled. They were looking yep. around. They were trying to figure out a way to build play out of the back. Bonucci has one, a wonderful long passing ability, but it only gets you so far. And when Veratti's being marked out of the game and Spinazzola's absent and Emerson is not the same dual threat, you're like, no, oh, but okay. I thought,
2: Emerson had a, I thought Emerson had a very good game. Yeah, he was, that's he, was, he was
1: good exited. in a more sort of traditional kind yeah, of way. Yeah, sure. That's the and funny like-
2: thing, isn't it? He was good, but it's like, you're not
0: spin at solar. Like that. That's where the sort of thing is. Like like Brathwaite's a great example of this as well because he's good and he plays sensibly and plays well and does smart things. But it's like, but the talent level is just not there. And that's the sort of thing of like a, a well coached player playing smartly. There's still always going to be a talent. Is always such a great separator. And like Emerson is good, well coached player in a great role. Played well. I liked it. I thought he played well. He had that nice pass across the midfield. Played well. Box. Hit the bar. He's he hit the bubble. but he's not Spinetola, is he? No. He's and not. you can and and without Spinetola, Insigne was basically one v one with us, Puliqueta, and for the most part, Spulik was like, I'll have that all day, thank you very much, and more or less dealt with him. And without that, I mean, that's that's everything for Italy. That whole left channel has killed everybody. Uh, whenever Italy with whether it's Locatelli, whether it's uh, um, Valati, and then obviously Spinetola and Insigne, that's just been the death of everyone Italy have played so far. But Spain shut it down because they shut down right, like I say. That solar wasn't there. I said to sort of aid variety, bail them out, and then Insignia was left on a line. And, and then so Spain just ran the show. It's
2: just Spain to have a goal scorer. <laughs> so, well, so. It was one <laughs> of those, And this is it, right? So it, it comes to it, and the, the fact is, yeah, Spain did dominate the game, dominate possession, dominate the whole, the whole kind of um, exchanges of it. And yet, Italy looked the more likely to score for yeah. like, the entire ninety minutes because all it took was the occasional one lapse of concentration. And suddenly, Italy has split Spain right open, and and yeah. it happened time and time again. You know, it, it happened three or four times in normal time. It happened three or four times in extra time. And you're like going, "Hang on, how was that even? What was going on here? This is coming from nowhere." If anyone has ever
0: watched Barcelona, particularly uh, in the last, from the last since Pep left, or sorry, since Tito left, excluding the, the two first Luis Enrique years, basically that's what it felt like if you ever watched Barca, it felt very much like, especially the, uh, the Valverde Barca years, where it's like lots of possession, never looked like scoring a million years. You're thinking, and then the opponents score with like their first shot or their first break. And yeah, and you're just thinking, how has that even happened? Because the one thing is when you have a passing style of play, if you don't have a credible goal threat, opponents would be like, okay, they're not going to actually hurt us. Let's just sit, let's just wait till we get the ball, get the ball and then to hit them. And when teams aren't afraid of you scoring goals on them, which I mean, you can't be afraid of Spain scoring on you because they just can't do it. Like, Omar had two great chances first half. oya Thabo had two... Oh, mate. Abs- and I love oya Thabo. He's so good. But, oh, my God. Like, the yeah. header was bad, but the, the chance right at the start of the game, which they was left so early... The ball behind. It was so early, no one really focused about it. Pedri's like... Busquets makes a ridiculous 90-degree pass like that bisects, like, three Italians. Pedri has it, feeds it in behind. It's like, oh, mate, this is going to be goal of the tournament. And he just runs over the ball. It's like, whoops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so... You know, there's no one there. He didn't take Iago Aspas for reasons which make no goddamn sense. Didn't take Asensio, which again I don't. I'm not thinking Asensio is great or anything, but Asensio can shoot, which is something other players at Spain can't do. Didn't bring Adama Traore on
2: to create to create lot well, of happened. Adama was waiting to come on. Yeah, and, and then, then Spain lost. scored, and then they obviously were like, no, "No, no, get back on the bench. We don't need a <laughs> we don't need a chaos merchant right now." <laughs> like they always decided that that is the moment they're like. No, 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 hang on. The last thing we need now, we're in complete control of this game. When it's level, we do not need your chaotic approach yeah, yeah, to everything. Yeah. What we do not need here, Adama, is you to run the ball out of place seven times. Um, so, see, so you, you know, it's one of those strange ones. I mean, we coming to the goals and he obviously opens the scoring and it's, oh. it's just, it's, it's glorious. And, and, and actually, frankly, the best thing about it wasn't just the goal is the fact that he, he goes to celebrate on one corner flag and then realizes that he celebrated at the other corner flag when he scored against Austria, turns around and runs back to the other one to do the knee slide. So I got to watch him do that in front of me twice. Um, <laughs> and I, I, you know what? Very rarely been happier.
1: Lovely stuff. Happier. He was, he was, he was the plan of attack at the end of the day, wasn't he? Because this kind of brings us on to another major point of the game, which is Roberto Mancini's substitutions were absolutely awful. (laughs) He like he he? he, he lost complete control of this game through substitutions. It was Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And like I know they held on against Belgium, and I know that that's a tough thing to do, and I know that. Well, I understand that. If you've done that, you're tempted to do it again. But you have to provide the context that they held on against Belgium thanks to a goal line clearance of Spinitzola's hip and Lukaku somehow missing the ball with it like skimming his forehead, right? They just about got there. That is a dangerous game to play against anybody. And they decided to do it because by the 65th or 70th minute, Immobile had gone off the pitch and was not replaced by Belotti. And Insigne was playing as a kind of false nine, but mostly just like a ghost striker position. <laughs> and they were like, if we can get the ball to Chiesa and he can run, that'd be that'd be sweet. And it's not really good enough, to be honest with you. I mean, I know it worked on the counter-attack for the first goal or the goal. Um, but ultimately, I think that as Roberto Mancini made more and more substitutions in this game and he sort of lost more and more control over it. And that yeah. includes switching Di Lorenzo over to left back. Yeah. What was that? Um, well, yeah, I, I guess Tanoi Emerson came on I, and they
2: had to go back to They had to go back to a back four once no, Spain equalized, I, right? My, I think it was that, going to be Chiesa at left wing back until the moment where Spain equalized and they were like, well, this isn't going to work anymore because we have to try and score. <laughs> and so
1: I don't, I don't think Emerson was fit enough to play any more than he did because he just hadn't, he just hadn't played. Um, I know he yeah. got one game in the groups, but my guess is that he just, at that intensity, he just wasn't fit for it. Well,
0: it's like Eric Garcia cramping up, didn't he had to go off as well? They had to bring on Pau Torres. I th- by the way, I thought for sure that it, they were going to score once Pau Torres came on. Because, I mean, two lefty centre-backs is always Roby. Pau Torres is, is just Spanish lay, right? So, like, all the all the profile of a defender, but just there's something about him which is just, like, soft. Like, you push him, it's like a sponge. You just sort of, your finger will go all the way in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so I was, I was just thinking, oh God, here we go. I mean, he came on against Croatia and Spain were like way ahead, and then Croatia put all
1: two goals out of nowhere picking on him. So yeah, that was that was that was tough. That was tough. Although I'm not willing to fully lay it at Powell's door because no, I, no, no, I think I no. think I think just like the whole thing is broken. Yeah. Um and I wonder if actually Spain are just cursed. Um I mean, you know, I mean, the amount of vortexes that open on that pitch and defense for them, where balls go in random positions and hit people's arms and legs. And Yeah, I mean, look at the
0: goal, right? Like it, it, um, it's, it's, a it's a ridiculous
1: goal. Great ultimately. tackle. When
0: Eric Garcia is running along trying to help him out, and it hits him on the leg, bounces right to Kayser. He must be like, what's going on? Yeah, How unlucky am I? And I mean, and Eric Garcia, and again, look, I mean, technically, it's, like, it's technically very good. Uh, tactically very smart, understands the game, good leader apparently. Like good he's built like a he's, very, good he's built very good passer, very good pass. and you can see the difference when he plays versus when Pau Torres plays because they advance the ball quicker. But my God, man, he's built like a postman. <laughs> he's, he's a he's a centre back who has no pace and no size. And uh, you know, you've had you've had loads of great short, short centre backs in history. They've all been quick. You've had loads of great slow centre backs in history. They've all been tall. You can't have this centre back. And then look, I'm a big proponent of technical play of technical players and all this stuff and all this and that. But if you're playing centre-back, that's one position where you just have to be big. You have to be all fast. If you're neither. I mean, Cannavaro, fast. Puyol, fast. Uh, per Murtasaka, big. PK big. Ramos, both. You know, uh, Varan, both. Um, Titi before when he had knees, both. You need to have physical attributes to play centre-back. Yeah, he has course. none. And, and, and you saw that because, like, Chiesa has the ball. And any normal centre-back would step up to him. But he doesn't because he knows if he moves towards Kies, he is just gonna go run by him in like, mm. in like a heartbeat. So he stands there and he's like, Oh, thank you very much, bing! And just, I mean, never let Kies to shoot, man. But like, that's what he's you've so, learned from this tournament, right? You let so that
1: boy good. shoot, it's not going to end up well for you. <laughs> do, you think, do you think, um, uh, Enrique's substitution bringing on? Uh, Marcus Llorente was basically to track Chiesa and yeah. only that, because yeah. obviously everyone's looking at it it as like, oh, as well. Oh, it's a midfield. Yo, mate, they had a race at one point where yeah. like, two, two Sonic the Hedgehogs. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it was absolutely mad, and I think at the end they looked at each other like, "All right, son," like, like, like as a proper level of respect in that, in that glance at, and that they, that yeah. they shared. It was there like, was no other reason
0: to take off Haspeliqueda, who'd been playing well, other than to say, "Okay, yeah. this guy's going to kill us. Yeah. Let's get some legs on," like, literally, and that was it. And <sighs> to be fair to Llorente, he did very well in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, like, well. that, that's, you know, he's, he's not a right back, but he is quick. And so, you know, you need someone just to race Chiesa so he doesn't run away from everyone else, you know does the job
2: it worked it worked it it bottled him up for the for the end of that game but I mean obviously Spain get the equalizer and it comes from well the the man of the moment (laughs) uh, in in Alvaro Morata and I was I was surprised Morata didn't start this game now I know Morata hasn't been great uh, and I know that he's he's been here and there with all of it but there is an element of this that this was the game that suited him. And he scored in exactly the way, Sam, that we said he was going to succeed against this Italy side in that there was space in behind. He took the space in behind and
1: scored. And you were like, well, that's obviously what was going to happen. Yeah. Also, just I was a bit surprised just because Lucho has gone into bat for him over and over and over again. He's pointed the finger at anybody who would criticise Alvaro Morata and gone, you, 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 don't (laughs) criticise my man. He's my man. We're fielding Morata and 10 others. You do that and then you drop him for the semi-final. I was a bit confused (laughs) by that for sure, but it did kind of feel like the game for Morata because Italy press, Italy have slow centre-backs. If there was ever going to be a little bit of space for Spain to play in or Spain striker to play in, it was probably going to be this game. And yes, it did prove as so. I mean, it proved throughout because Olmo was dropping in and out and dovetailing. And we actually haven't mentioned Olmo yet, whose penalty was absurdly bad, but his overall performance was like magisterial. He was amazing. And he caused Italy's centre-backs problems that no other forward really has caused. It was like, where's that come
0: from? Because he's not been great in the squad. Two crosses against Croatia, nice. But like, he's been kind of underwhelming. You're thinking, Almost false nine. All right, mate. Whatever you say. And then you're like,
1: oh. Well, I okay. thought it was, I thought it was Oyas oh, about false nine when the, when, yeah. the, when the lineups came out. When the lineups, the lineups came out, that makes three of us because I thought it'd be Ferran
2: through the middle. <laughs> yeah, there you well, go. That's but I it was Almost. And so he was, so that's he was amazing. That's how they started. They started yeah. with Ferran through the middle because I thought, because that was the even weirder thing about not having Murata in there because I was like, oh, so they're just going to play Ferran over the top as. As a yeah, kind of shoulder right? striker, that's what they're going to do, and I was like, well, "If you're going to do that, then surely you play Murata because that's actually what he's good at. It's yeah. the only, arguably the only thing he's good at to be perfectly yeah, honest." Yeah, it, it you was that and heading it. And but you know like, what? I mean, and it was a great goal, and you had to say it was a great goal. Yeah. He
0: he said he, he it. He took he took he had the ball in the space. Drew Kill he come out. and was like, right, that's it. There's the space. I'm going for it. To Olmo Olmo, beautiful first time pass back into his path legged it in behind the fence. Keely and didn't even know what the hell hit them. It was like someone just like, shot him out of a cannon, just mm. flew beyond them. Yep. And 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 then he really, I thought it was really clever because uh, obviously Donovan wasn't ready for it either. He was like, wait, what? Standing in completely the wrong position. And Murata was like, oh,
1: big gap there, being just like scuffed yeah. it in really. Nice, his... nice composure though, like hold, yeah. holds it, looks up and Donovan is like like horizontal by the time <laughs> Murata hits the ball. And it's like, can you roll a ball forwards 10 yards to the straight line? Even yes. Marissa can do yes, that. Yes, she can. Well <laughs> yes, done,
0: Alvaro. Okay. But yeah, but you thought honestly that that was—I mean, I didn't think STEM were going to win it in normal time because again, it's Spain and you just can't—they take about an hour to score one goal. Uh, I, I mean, they had the two games, right? but other than that, they had—they played like what four games and scored three goals or something like that. Well, they won They're one not, goal, one game in ninety
1: minutes, right? Yeah, like, like they—they
0: they they, just—they they just struggled to score goals, right? That's just a weakness that they have, and so I didn't think they'd win it in, in normal time. But I thought they might take it in extra time because I thought they've got what it takes they've got they've got the momentum now they've got the edge but of course what you don't you always forget about is the fact that Busquets can't really play beyond 90 minutes and every time it's gone to extra time he's come off in the first half extra time and every time that's happened Spain have sort of dipped because without him there Rodri's good Rodri is not Sergio Busquets and Coque goes off and Thiago comes on and on paper that should have been aces Thiago's brilliant but Thiago was playing like Had that Liverpool 2021 stink all over him, and it was just (laughs) 50-yard
1: ball over there, 50 yard ball over there, shot
0: going over there. It was like, What are you
1: doing? What is going on? He he was aiming for like six different people in the crowd. I mean, he must have been, because I don't know what the hell else that was. Because he's he's weird, isn't it? He's a genius,
0: he's a genuine world-class midfielder magnificent what that i've never seen a world-class player be that inexplicably rubbish in like in that sort of like dramatic fashion because usually there's a reason they're not fit they're yeah. desperate for something there's but he just came on in, a, in an environment where it spain were better spain had the ball he should have been really really comfortable and he was just nonsense yeah I think I think there's, was, one, there's one, I think one in what particular really he tries to play was... the
2: ball around the corner and you're yeah. like, you're like, it's just a really simple ball into Marcus Yurente charging forward at right back. And he yeah. just overhits it by about 10 meters and it goes just yeah. rolling out of play. And you're like, you don't do that, Tiago. No, like really you're weird. the one person on earth <laughs> I'd maybe trust that. more than anyone else to play that pass. And yet, here we are looking at it. It was it was really odd. I, I do think that there's something to be said that at full time, I was chatting to my friend Max, and I was like, Italy are, are kind of done here. They've got yeah. no. They've got no plan. They've made the subs too early. Toloi's playing right back. Like <laughs> Di Lorenzo's playing left back because they've tried to go to a back five and then had to come out of it again because it hasn't worked. Like they don't really have a striker who knows what he's doing. And that Bellotti was just a bit all over the place. They're trying to
0: fight everyone. <laughs> it's just so, like it's really
2: weird. And and then suddenly Italy just dug so deep out of nowhere. And, and obviously the goal from Berardi is ruled out rightly, so he's, he's offside. But like, it is one of those ones where you're like, hang on, from going from Italy have absolutely nothing. They have no plan. They have zero kind of ambition to win this game. It's penalties or nothing. Italy then end extra time as the team in the in the ascendancy. Yeah. Because was it's bizarre. The, well, this is this is the thing. This is the
0: thing, the problem when you have someone like Busquets, who is your key player who can't play more than 90 minutes, right? Because that was it. Once he went off and Thiago Alwan was so bad in his in his stead that it was just the direction that the thrust that Spain's midfield had was gone. They were still advancing, the ball still playing well. Pedri was still very good. Uh, Rodri was okay, Rodri was decent and Olmo obviously was still playing brilliantly, but it was just without him at the base to get it all started with those passes that, that, that you know often get lost in the shuffle of the move. But the amount of times he just plays these ridiculous first-time balls, and it's always forward as well. It's like between these two defenders, between these two midfielders, between these two midfielders constantly, and you you don't even almost notice it you watch, unless you watch him specifically. You don't notice it, and then when he's not on the field, suddenly you're like, "Why is the team not passing the ball quickly anymore? What's going on?" And it's because the ball he does not making these ridiculous first-time half-touch passes constantly, which just speed. It, you you underestimate unless you play football, you watch Brazil, you understand, you don't really realize how much faster that makes your attack just the guy because you watch the one two touches then a pass that's quick but that's not the same as a guy literally the ball ball's going boom one touch back up the for up the field and so spain were like just half a second slower and with that italy were like all right we know what we're doing now you're not at it as you were we're going to be chill i mean Bellotti, i mean, I mean bloody like i said he didn't play well but he was causing a nuisance and making a nuisance of himself Mm. which at least
1: was more than Immobile was doing he played one beautiful kind of like on the half turn sort of 40 yard raking switch pass which was so out of character for Andrea Bellotti Like this is a man who runs the channels, hits it hard and then does a chicken celebration. No, and those are Rupert his three. turned into a swan for one yeah, minute. And, and those hey. are his three personality traits. He is not the striker who takes the ball in, drops the shoulder and pings it out to the winger who's on the run with a perfect through ball from 40. Like that is not Andrea Belotti, or that's not what I've seen from Andrea Belotti. But for just a moment there,
0: yeah,
1: he looked, he looked like a wonderful, wonderful player. And then it just kind of returned to normal a bit, but like, <laughs> look, look, it, as you say, when it gets half a second slower, and you give Chiellini and Bonucci that opportunity to defend, yeah. to defend uh, an attack working at that speed, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to get through. Not with your established profligacy issues. And yeah, yeah, it was. It, it sort of takes us onto the shootout, which was definitely, yeah, we definitely, distance. it definitely was lost by Spain from the moment the coin toss happened. Um, Jack, I'd be interested to know in the stadium. How much of the Giorgio Chiellini, Jordi Alba kerfuffle did you, did you witness? So we knew there was something going on because
2: Unai Simon was wandering down to the other end. And we were like, that's a bit annoying. The penalties are going to be the other end. And then suddenly he's been called back by the referee and Jordi Alba is going nuts. Like, and I'm like, what's happening here? And it looked like, did they do the flip wrong? Like it looked like they, they 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 basically did the flip without Chiellini being there and he was like well no obviously that doesn't count Yeah, I don't I don't me, really know so I don't really know what
1: happened. They obviously it, then it...
2: trying to come back to him and be like, okay, right, no, it's down at this end. And then if that's the case and Kiolini's and called the end, that means Spain must have elected to go second, which as we know from the Manchester United Virial pen issue out is the worst decision you can ever make in a penalty shootout. Right? But It's the
0: kind of decision that Jordi Alba would make because this is this is the problem. See, everyone says captaincy doesn't matter. Just give it to an experienced player. But no, captaincy, you have to make... Yet there are still some things in football that captains decide. And it's very important you don't have an absolute idiot as your captain. Jordi Alba is, A, not mentally capable of being a captain. Like, we've all all seen the video of him crying at halftime at Anfield. When Barcelona were 4-1 up on aggregate. 3-1 up on aggregate, by the way. Uh, and we did every every time Barca crash out the Champions League, it's Jordi Alba being picked on by someone. He's not. He's just not a captain, he has the most caps. Okay, fine, cool. He's not a captain. You got to bypass him, man. Like pass him over, like Fredo. You know, just go to the next guy. Just find someone because you can't. Like, he can't have him. And you see how petrified he was. I, I mean, you might you might not have seen this,
2: yet, because you were there. I, 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 this came up on the screen. So yeah, he's standing there like, like this, like, like
0: like a like shaking, like he's terrified or something. And kidneys is laughing and smiling, and it's just like really, really unsettling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, at one point, Keir Lily sort of accidentally, very lightly, punched him in the face. Yes, that that actually, that actually happened. He sort of just, got, sort of just knuckled him in the chin a little bit. It's probably the better way to put it. But he was he was bringing that like big like big I'm like estranged big energy, uncle energy, yeah. Yeah. and it was very very uncomfortable for Jordi Alba to experience. I'm yeah. not sure he knew what the hell was going on for most of it, but Keir Lily was having the time of his life. But I
0: knew Italy would win when I saw that. I was like. It, we so all did it, so, so. Italy are in that mode and Spain are in that mode, okay? Yeah, yeah you know how this is gonna go because he was so ready.
2: Misses the first penalty, like so. So, you know, this can all Mr. Lights a...
0: Out, Mr. Lights Out. What was that? It's
2: like I out of it. nowhere. You're like, yeah. What you mean? You mean Locatelli's. I remember watching it, it stepped up, and I was like, He's obviously gonna score, like, he's obviously gonna score comfortably. And the save goes in, you're like oh no and then, yeah. then spain have the opportunity to rest the momentum back to cancel all of that out To so like yeah bin it all yeah. off and Olmo puts it into mars
1: yeah i mean the, the the inconsistencies are ridiculous like you can we can study into penalties as much as we can and, and thanks to ben littleton we know much more about this stuff than we should do but at the end of the day you've got danny olmo who played a nine out of ten game missed yeah. his penalty in a horrendous fashion and then you've got like Locatelli missing a penalty who was good when he came on it doesn't it doesn't necessarily always make sense and it's it's very frustrating sometimes and Morata scored a wonderful goal and was so good. Yeah. So good when he came on and then produces the most feeble effort I think I've seen from a spot in a while.
2: Oh, he was always going to do that as well,
1: wasn't he?
0: Yeah, it's so inevitable, right? It's the, there's this certain thing. Like, Did you notice how I, Pedri didn't take a single penalty, right? Even though he's been brilliant. I, I think Luis, Luis Enrique even took him off before the Croatia shootout um switzerland shootout sorry took him off specifically and i was like that's very clever because he's 18 you don't really know how good he is at penalties he seems like he should be good at penalties but you just don't know
2: and imagine if he misses when you're 18 you're playing so well it's going to completely throw you off right younger players though are more likely if you're under 23 you're more likely to score in a shootout there you go random fact for you today that's that's that's
0: not random it's a good fact but uh you know and it's very important for, for england gareth are you listening under 23 players mate Countless he's, he's ages, got loads
2: of them. To be fair, just like let Bakayo Saka take all
0: five. Um, I mean, honestly, like if yeah, you know, backed by the positive energy from Arsenal Twitter,
2: he could he could do anything. Um, but <laughs> the, no, like, Eusebio strikes. strikes, um, like it is one of those. But no, it is, it's it's a funny one because look, the, Spain just. Like collapse and and to be fair, like Donnarumma was excellent. He, the way that he, he he kind of presented himself. Yo, this man huge. is big. So big. He's, He's big. so big. He's big at the best of times, but he presents himself as even bigger. And you're like, oh, okay. And then and then it was just the rest of the penalties. Like, or oh, is Gerald Moreno's penalty he is 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 excellent. Andrea Bellotti's penalty is the best penalty I've ever seen. Like it is it, just he hits it so hard <laughs> into the yeah. corner. Unai Simón launches himself early. He goes the right way, full stretch, and it's low and hard to his to the same, area. and he gets nowhere near it, like not even close. And you're like, "Wow, you have let that." No, yeah,
1: no, yeah. no. Do you remember Charles Aranguise remember- okay, 2014 yeah. okay, World yeah, Cup, my that friend? That is
2: that is the
0: best.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, yes. There okay?
2: you go. Best pen I've ever seen live. Okay. Uh, yes. fine. Yeah.
0: No, I but honestly, like, whenever I see a great penalty, whenever I see a great penalty taken in, go, go in. I'm always like, Figo would be proud of that because Figo took great penalties and sedan <laughs> took great penalties, and you're like, yeah, you know, well done. That that'd be good. That'd be a good. Pen-. But that was not. But the Italy penalties, I put aside. But Bernadeschi, man, Bernadeschi smashed yeah. that thing in. I was yeah. absolutely thinking, convinced he thinking... was
2: missing as well, and I, I was like, well yeah. it's Bernadeschi going to miss." Is
0: it just me? Or do you always mistrust left-footed penalty takers, except for <laughs> Sebastian Abreu, obviously, who you always know is going to score. Do you always just <laughs> feel like they're going to miss this? Is it just me? Because I'm going to talk about the lefty. No, like, because I knew Ashley
1: Cole, Ashley Cole. was absolute money from the spot.
0: Yeah, fair mm. yeah, mean,
2: point. Look, it's, but it's,
0: it's just honestly, Benedetti. How many? Benucci obviously great from the. spot, Benucci obviously great from the spot. Benedetti. Uh, like, but Jorginho, man. I mean, can we talk yeah. about the grapefruits on this man?
2: He, he's <laughs> to, to,
0: to, to not only do it, but do it so well. Simon was just on the ground before he even landed. It was like, oh, nice.
2: like if you're gonna face if you're gonna face Jorginho in a penalty shoot, or I'm just taking a penalty, you've got to stand your ground, man. that like, you have to stand your ground. Only Simon was on the floor before he'd even done four steps of the run-up. Like it wasn't <laughs> even like when he did the jump. He was so far down. Jorginho yeah. almost stopped, looked at him, was like, Oh, you've already gone. Yeah. And he dribbled it into the other corner. It was like all oh, right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're obviously not getting
1: absolutely anywhere near me because he just went so early that you're like, against Jorginho, are you sure? See, surely that's the best penalty you've seen live, Jack, because he was so good at his craft that he convinced Simon to dive four minutes early. No, because the velocity one is
2: just hit so hard and true (laughs) that you could have had four keepers in. (laughs) You couldn't have had four keepers in there for the uh, for for the Jorginho one, because one of them would have just picked the ball up. Um, But I genuinely think that the penalty penalty still goes in. Uh, and, And that's why I'm putting it as number one. Right. After the break, we are going to be moving on to the final, taking a look at how these two teams can get the better of each other. And Sam is already shaking his head at the concept of, of England being in a final. We'll see you in a minute. Take it easy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ranks FC podcast. I'm joined by Sam Tai and Muhammad Barton. We are going to look forward to this final. Now, I don't know if I of you are emotionally ready for this. I can say this quite comfortably and I can just sort of sit back and relax <laughs> while, you, uh, while you stress yourselves out about the, the, the highs and lows. But um, in true Ranks fashion, we're going to look at a couple of reasons. Uh, why each team should be optimistic going into this final. Um am we'll going start with England, Sam. I'm going to throw them to you, let you kind of reel
1: them off and, and see where we get to. Please don't do we this to, to me. Yeah,
2: we have to, mate. Tiring, no, this is so.
1: Dean's job. Dean is the one that's like, yeah, we can win it all. We could do it. It's coming home. <laughs> Dean's, Dean's the lout. He's the... He's the He's the village idiot, you know. He's the one that gets ahead of himself. I'm the smart one. I'm the one that's cool and <laughs> calm and collected. I don't do this rubbish. Well, you don't get, make me you do better, this. You
2: better, you better get started.
0: Shall I, shall I be the standing oh, idiot? I don't mind. Mate, I don't mate, honestly, <laughs> mate,
1: we've got... There's a personality to this team that I can't help but adore. And I also can't help but realise or recognise it in, also in Italy. Um, so maybe it's a bit of a level pegging. But uh, this England team, as Dean often says is one that you can be very confident in. The most confident I've ever been in an England team in, in my entire lifetime. And the one question that was left unresolved ahead of tonight was, how do they respond when it's not going their way? How do they respond when they go go goal behind? And the response was brilliant. It was heartening. And it was everything you could really ask for. Look, semi-finals are horrible games. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not built to be easy. They're not built to go your way. They're not supposed to be smooth sailing are they they're supposed to test you and up until this point england had tests sure but they've never been behind now they have been and you can safely say that england can reply to that challenge and then of course you've got all of the training videos and the youtube exclusives and the cuts and Southgate and the way the players talk and it's very easy to buy into the fact that this team have got the exact right temperament and mentality to win this tournament. Built different, as the Americans yeah. would say. I mean, the mon- the montage is going to be great,
0: right? The BBC and ITV montages pre match are going to be pretty emotional, I'd imagine. So they'll be pretty good, and you imagine at least the BBC have got something fire saved up for if England do actually win. So, you know, there's that to look forward to if we can do Manchester But Plus, you know, winning a trophy would be nice. It's it's so funny because, honestly, uh, there's that quote from Southgate after the match. He goes, I had to tell the young ones, uh, Bukhari Saka and full front, this isn't how it is. It's not how yeah. it always is. You know, And it's funny because, honestly, my son has only really been uh, following England. I mean, obviously, he's been aware of football since he was little, but like, he only really got seriously into it around just after Euro 2016, or, or international football anyway. And so he only knows England being really good <laughs> He they England going to the semi-finals and the final, like so. He's like, yeah, you look great. Like, and I mean, and he picked France to be his team before the last World Cup, and they won it. So he's he's like having a great time. Like England or France, are might be. So he's just like, I'm like, okay, well done. That was pretty impressive of you. So he's having he's he's happy as a Larry, and it just and it's just so funny because the kid and this is what's beautiful almost to me because for me, obviously, when I was younger, when we were all younger, it was like Euro '96, Italia '90, and then Euro '96, and you're thinking just. Heartbreak, just just utter ruinous heartbreak. Italian 90, brutal. Euro 96, possibly even more brutal because it's not the World Cup, but it's at home. You're in England and you lose. And it's like, and that just sets the tone. And then you can't trust England. Like, for the whole, all the golden generation, You, I never thought they had been anything because just like, you can't trust England. You go up with this whole sort of feeling like, no, nah, it's not, it's going to end terribly. It's going to end horribly. But this is a team you can believe in, not just because they're great, right? They've they, they, been great in teams before. That gold, again, the golden generation, that was a great freaking team, man, talent wise. Management was horrible, but you know, talent wise, great. But what's great about this team is they're not just talented, they're nice. They're really, really likable. There's no one in there thinking, oh, I don't know about him. You know, I don't know about him. He's a bit, he's a bit, oh, I don't know. They're all a good bunch of lads. They're all friends. They all get on with each other. You can see that. There's no club rivalry. There's no bitterness about it. Like uh, Marcus Rashford has paid like what? 10 minutes at this tournament, if that, like is he, is, he, is there a peep all he's doing is on Instagram like these guys are great celebrating everyone. Yeah. Jaden Sancho, who is allegedly moody, right? Allegedly, I'm, I'm doing air quotes if you can't you can't see that obviously. Um, you know, uh, you know, has he said anything? He's like, I just want to help. I'm here to, I'm here to do it. I'm here to win. No one is upset about being left out. No one is missed. I mean, we'll see what how Jack Reyes reacts, but even then I imagine Jack Great but like, yeah, it happens, you know, getting subbed.
1: So I mean, it's, Greece has been the loudest of the lot when it comes to not playing, but only in, in a, in a way that says, I just want to play. It's yeah. not like, it's not like put me in, like you have to put me in. It's like, yeah. I, if I could just get my opportunity, It'd I would so nice. absolutely love to play. Yeah. That's all he's been doing the whole time. And that's, that's about as bad as it's got, which is incredible. And look, I'll pray. <laughs> I'll contextualise this, like, you never really know what's going on under the hood, and nothing spells that as clearly as this ridiculous, alleged France fallout, because what have we said since 2018? France looked like, you know, a, a wonderful unit, the camaraderie is amazing, Pogba, Mendy, Griezmann, and then they go out to Switzerland, and you hear about Adrian Rabiot's mother, and, you know, Pavard blaming Pogba, and Griezmann telling everyone he's the best, and that's when it all starts to come out of the woodwork so you never quite know but from where we sit in our houses it does look a little bit like something special and that is something you can believe in
2: also it's an england team that's very very easy to you know to get behind right like and and you know is as someone who like literally doesn't support england i look at this team and i look at Sterling and Saka and I look at Jordan Henderson and what he's done and I look at what Marcus Rashford has done over the course of this year and and it keeps going, right? These are very very easy people to get behind now, less said about deck and rice, the better. But like you know, the, on the whole, like <laughs> on the whole, this team is is, is very easy to get. Right? Apparently, 30, 30 pieces of silver buys you a European trophy these days. And um, but like you know, that's made of. That's not that's not for me to say. Um, but it, you know, it is what it is. And. And I do think there is something in that, like, this team, especially with Southgate, and you look at what he wrote for the Players' Tribune, right? And you look at all of the different elements that Southgate's brought together and the fact that he speaks so well in press conferences and the fact that this team is more than just a unit on the pitch. It is a team that has genuinely come together across the course of this year in, in different elements and different parts to do good things. It's easy to to want this England unit as players on the pitch to do well. Yeah, do
0: you know what I think sums the England team up? I think better than almost anything versus why it's so likeable, why you why you want to support them, want them to do well, right? Or at least don't mind them doing well. Uh, when uh, uh, Rio Ferdinand, uh, when Anton Ferdinand sorry, was racially abused by by John Terry and uh, obviously Terry got away with it and as a whole, and then they got shipped to the captaincy and seen this whole drama. Rio played the game for England and he got booed by the fans. And after, the man, after that, Rhea, uh, Roy Hodgson and Stephen Gerrard were like, asked about it now. Well, they're the fans. They have a right to boo if they want to. We can't really say anything about it. it you know, it's what it is, and it was just sort of a really like horrible thing to say. Yeah, it's like they're booing, they're booing a guy because yeah, they're booing a guy because his brother was racially abused. That's bad. You can say that's bad. No one's going to criticise you for that, but they refuse to say anything. And then you look at the way that Southgate and the, look, the captain is white, the manager is white. You look at the way that Southgate and Kane and Henderson is not the captain, but is a the big leader figure. Have repeatedly backed their black players and said, that, and and the black players themselves confirmed this. Like, look, we've said, i spoken, then, they've backed us. They've said, if you want to walk off, we can walk off. If we want to do this, and they're back taking the knee. Southgate has consistently not only uh, criticised and called out racial abuse when it's happened to his players or anyone abroad. He said, no, we can't be too vocal because we have a problem at home. He's been saying that since he was in the manager. Huh? You know, for years he's been saying, we let's not get too arrogant about it because there's loads of problems in England, and no one's ever really wanted to acknowledge that. Now we're starting to get to the point where everyone's thought, sort of like, maybe they're right. So it's so that to me is a singular thing that makes it sort of like these guys are likable, right? These guys because South they're, they're they're positioned they're in a position of power, a position of privilege, and they stick up for each other. And through to, they take genuine moral stands. And it's not it's very easy when you're an elite footballer to be like, I don't care about politics. Look at Zlatan, right? I don't leave politics to the politicians. You know, it's easy to say that. But these England players are taking a stand for something, right? And it's something important. It's something. It's something that means something, and that alone, I think, just makes them so likable. Forget anything else on the football pitch; like they could play the ugliest football in the world. I mean, they kind of—they they have
2: done for a long time. They have done
0: it in in part, yeah. But it's just <laughs> they stand up for something that's right, and it's just it it's just it makes your heart so. It honestly, makes your heart so proud pride, even as you criticize, like, "Oh, Harry Kane, you've been rubbish night." Like, but you know what? Harry Kane has always backed Raheem Sterling when Raheem Sterling is still quite racist or anything like that, you know? And so it's, it's, it just makes it, it's, it's sort of like you can never really, even when you're mad at them for playing poorly, for instance, you don't ever sort of, that doesn't spill over into, oh, you, you're you rubbish, you hate them. With the older England teams, they were club, there was never that sort of togetherness you felt. And I mean, you've got, you know, and they talk about now themselves, the Golden Generation, they talk about how, how guarded they all were with each other because they were such fierce club rivals or whatever, some, non- you know, nonsense like that. And it's just that now you've you've
2: got Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford in the hot tub together been like just 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 chilling chilling with my brother. Yeah,
0: just chilling. And it's just and it's just that's just it. And that's what it is. I think more than anything else is this there's a genuine sense of brotherhood, you know, these band of brothers. Right. Uh, uh, You know, whosoever sheds his love of me should be my brother. You know, Shakespeare, it's it's all that real stuff, man. And they, they look like genuinely good people. And it's and it's so easy. It's so easy in life to root for good people. And that's what makes this England team so special. And then they're good at football, and they're pretty <laughs> to watch. But they're good at football as well. Yes, and it's are. like, and then it's like, you know what? Oh my God, England might win something. It's amazing. <laughs> and I mean, they might, but you have to say might because there's another team in the final, and they're very good. They've been the best team that's won it so far. Okay, they got massacred mass against Spain, but you know, they're It with all due respect to Declan Rice and Kevin Phillips and Josh and, and Mason Mount, none of them are Pedri, and none of them sure are Sergio Busquets. So. <laughs> you can assume normal that, service will they're resume. all coca. yes it's just four, it's three coques right um, so you can assume that normal service will resume for the in midfield and they will be resplendent again at Wembley um, because England don't have the midfield to, to do what Spain did so no one has the midfield to do what Spain did them except for maybe Argentina and then Argentina would shoot themselves in the foot anyway because they're Argentina so Hey wait, wait,
2: the Copper America podcast on Friday. This is the Pure Rose one.
0: Oh, it's Pure Pure Rose. So yeah, you know there's no there's no a European team that can do to to Italy what Spain did. There's no there's no other. Thing. So England are going to have to play it's going to be more like a Germany game, I think. I think Southgate will and maybe he won't switch to a back three because obviously Italy don't play a back three, but I it will be more like a Germany game, it will be very defensive, very very poised. He really, 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 really needs to start either Phil Foden or Marcus Rashford, but he won't. Um, but I just, I just think Italy are really, <laughs> Italy is so good, man. Yeah. I mean, look, it, he
2: just needs to keep, look, the, the, what, what Southgate will want is this game to be level at the 70th minute, right? That, yeah. That's what Southgate wants almost every game. It feels like that's what he's after because he knows that off the bench, England have more weaponry than pretty much anybody else. Now, he didn't use that massively tonight. Sterling right? gets faster, man. We've, we've been and over this. Sterling, Sterling. <laughs> so, it gets faster as the game wears on. But I will, go, I will go into a couple of these Italy reasons that I've, I've jotted down um, yeah, exactly. as, as reasons to be optimistic if you're listening to this as an Italian or, or basically someone who isn't English, frankly. Um, and <laughs> uh, and, it, and and I think you got to start with this centre-back pairing. Now, England's centre-back pairing we spoke about and it's been, yeah, like you say, resplendent is, is a good word for it because uh, Maguire and, and Stones have been absolutely phenomenal since they've come back in together and obviously... Southgate putting his trust in Maguire having not had full fitness to start the tournament has turned out to be a masterstroke. But then again, you've got Chiellini and Bonucci. Um, and, and look, oh, they've, had yeah. their, they've had their doubters and, and I, will, I will point you to one Sam Tai at the start of this tournament um, saying that it might be a little bit, this defence might be a little bit past. It might be a little bit easy to get out. They haven't
1: been. <laughs> All right, well, um, listen. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'd love <clears throat> to hear you defend this. Go on. A couple of things. One, That was mostly a comment in relation to transitional football, all right. Nothing to do with hanging on. And two, Bonucci's been utter rubbish this year for Juventus. Yeah. <laughs> utter, <laughs> oh, yeah. utter, not... utter, utter, rubbish. Kielin has been great. Blue,
2: really. Yeah,
1: mate, it's different class, isn't it? And I will accept that now.
2: Um, but look, the, I think that's it. They, there is this level of... I think we've talked about a lot with, with England is not being held back by the kind of weight of history upon shoulders, right? This yeah. team is free of the shackles that a lot of other teams have, have sat down and just sort of been held back by. England are free of that. But... On the flip side, you have Chiellini and Benucci who have been there, done that, seen it all and bought the T-shirt, worn the T-shirt and won multiple trophies in I the mean, T-shirt. Chiellini
0: and- has suffered the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Like t- t- He's been through the ringer. This guy, Euro 2012 final. He's been amazing for Italy. They're in the final. He gets injured 10 minutes in, pulls his hamstring, can't play. Uh, I think he missed the 2015 Champions League final with Juventus as well through injury. Uh you know, has scores a goal against Spain in the in Euro 2016. You're thinking that's his revenge, and then Italy crash out. You know, and and you just keep thinking he just every time he gets going again, injury hits him down. Gets going and injury hits him down, and you're just thinking you want it to happen for this guy because he just does seem so very nice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. and he's
0: been through so much, <laughs> and he's he's there now, and it's just like and again it all comes back the, the the way that he psyched psyched the entire nation of Spain out before that shootout by just being nice like just says everything to like this guy's stature in the game, like cite the whole country out by just going, Hey, how you doing? Give him a hug. It's do, quite an you know I'd it? like to see him it's... do that
2: against Jack Grealish because can you play mind games against
1: someone who doesn't have a mind? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was, uh, I was watching the Italy Spain game with uh, a couple of people that don't actually really like football very much at all. And they came out with an absolute gem of a comment. They've watched the entire game, but they've sort of done it for appearances because they're sort of with me. And okay. It just it, it gives you a measure of what he's kind of been through because he's such a grizzled, hardened, battle-hardened player, isn't he? And one of them turned yeah. around and said, uh, it was at the point in which he's bantering Jordi Alba for the, the coin toss. <laughs> Turn around and go, yeah, yeah. Who's that 50-year-old? That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's one of the best defenders who've ever played the entire game. <laughs> and he is in the prime of his career right now. At 36, at, at 36. 36, yeah, and he's got a torn ACL. Right, he's got no hair. His nose has been broken a billion times. He's got a PhD, but he's Giorgio Chiellini, <laughs> and he's better at defending than almost anybody else. And it just, it just tickled me a little bit, just because you, you're so plugged into football, you're so attuned to it all, and then someone turns around and goes, "That guy looks ancient," and it reminds yeah. you of like the battle scars for Chiellini are all are so visible.
0: He's been playing professional football longer than Pedri's been alive.
3: <laughs>
2: like, then, that's not that's there you uh, have it that, that's that, it isn't it that is it i mean you just take it onwards from uh from from the pairing from from the monstrous duo at the back I, I think we we've touched on the midfields already so i'm not gonna get into full detail but if england play like they did tonight without a midfield um, <laughs> then then it's they're gonna run riot verati is yeah. going to run riot. Um, now that can be stopped, um, but it, it's going to it's going to take some real, real effort to, to try and shut that down. So that be that's an interesting one. But I think where I see Italy actually having the most joy is in these third-man runs that Nicolo Barella and Feddy Chiesa are so good at, out, out of the middle. and um, Because, you know, we started off the game tonight, even, you know, when England were in full control, suddenly Damsgaard was in behind. Like, it, you know, it took three touches in the middle and Damsgaard was in behind. And if that's Feddy Chiesa, you know, I don't care if Carl Walker is Sonic the Hedgehog. He's not catching him. He's not Marcus Llorente. Like, he just won't. And... And I think that there's that with Barella as well. And suddenly, you know, you saw these overloads in the middle where obviously Denmark playing with wing-backs is a little bit different because they have that ability to, to kind of make the front three go in against a against two. But I think Italy will do that with that Barella extra run and, 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 and Insigne drifting off that left-hand side. Um, and I do worry for England that if that does happen... Then the centre backs are going to be overwhelmed very, very quickly because Italy is so good in that transitional smash where it turns from a you know a, effectively a 4-3-3 into a 3-2-5. And we've talked about it, you know, that suddenly England are under the cosh, and someone has to drop in if they're going to make that, if they're going to stop that. And and on today's showing where Denmark cut through them a little bit
1: like a knife through butter at times, I'm a bit concerned for England yeah. defensively Yeah, so there's a couple of things to this. First of all, I am deeply worried about the idea of turning up to a Euro 2020 final without a midfield. Um, I share that concern. Um, secondly, this is the only, it's actually the only time that we've really struggled to get back in behind the midfield runners this, this tournament. I think we've actually done quite well as a mm. midfield pair, I mean, maybe we haven't we haven't faced the dynamism of of what Denmark had offered in those first 60 minutes, and maybe maybe some, not someone like Damsgaard in his direct running, but. I actually felt like we'd done okay at that specific thing until tonight, in which we just like literally forgot how to defend it. I mean, there was the first 10 minutes against
0: Germany, 20 minutes against Germany, where you yeah, thought Leon Goretzka might, Gretzka might Gretzka actually just literally in. start
1: bench pressing Declan Rice on the field. <laughs>
0: uh, but then Rice recovered and it, yeah. like, started actually tracking him. We're thinking, okay, panic
1: over, I guess. Did and they, it was almost behind the ball again, nicely against it, Germany. It, it, it was almost
0: honestly panic over once Rice and Phillips got a handle on that. Uh, and they cut off Goretzka to a degree. It was almost like, I mean, only had the two chances picking on Carl Walker and John Stones but that was it really and but yeah Denmark and this is what you worry about because for Mikel Damsgoyd you have Lorenzo Insigne very small very technical very very clever player moving between lines moving in between the lines into spaces around the two weaker England defenders in terms of positionally and and positional play obviously Walker's sensational on the cover and also I worry about Harry Maguire against Nico Barrea because if there's one thing. Harry Maguire struggles with is he's not agile. Right, he's a big guy. He's, qu- he's be quick, but he can't turn quickly because he's a big dude, got like a fridge. And Barella very agile, very clever. Very good at those little, those little, just gets the ball and then just little half a touch to knock it it to the side and there's someone running onto it. You know, did it it, it for fun against Turkey, if you remember, like we just constantly get the ball and it's like little, little, little dink to the side and someone's on it suddenly in space and you worry about, about that's the one thing I worry about because like you said, and and then if you're knocking it to the side for Chiesa, because he wasn't, obviously he was Berardi against Turkey. You're knocking knocking it against the side against Chiesa. You get Chiesa into any sort of shooting space. We've seen it already. This guy won't wait. He will shoot as soon as he sees the goal. He's shooting. He's not waiting. He's not in touch. He's not trying to set it up. As soon as he sees the goal, bang! He's hitting it, and he's hitting it so hard off either foot. You're in big trouble, and that's that's the one. That's the main worry for me for England is if they can get Barella between the England lines of midfield and defence, and get Barella in that space. Harmer going to have to go out and confront him. And that's the one because Maguire is—he's been excellent. He's been flawless almost, but he's not agile, and Barella is agile. And if Italy get runners off of Barella, it's just—I just—I just have this concern because the you know Pickford has been, had a good tournament, but we're, as we've seen, as the longer we've gone to the tournament, the more and more we've seen the Pickford wobbles. We had one against Ukraine, and then today there was like three, and yeah. so you just worry—is it building to something? Is yeah, it you? Yeah. You don't want it to. But is it because it's like one in the quarterfarm, two, three in the semi? You're thinking, oh, oh, Jordan, please no. But it's just, it's, it's just, and yeah, you know, again, Chiesa is just is the X factor because one thing he does, which no one else has taunt, in the whole tournament really has done, except for maybe Benzema, is just shoot as soon as he gets a chance to. So mm. many, so many people take touches, and 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 when you take touches, often it can work, but often you're just giving the giving the defenders time to get back in and block your shots. Uh, you know, Spain do this all the body time. And it's yep. just like, just shoot the first time you get, you've you've got technique. I mean, not if you're Maratha, but if you're not Maratha, you've got technique. You can shoot, shoot. And Chiesa does that. He doesn't hesitate for a second. It's that old um, once, once upon a time in well good, bad, ugly, and we have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk, you know.
1: Yeah, it's the Ronaldo thing. It's the shoot hard, low and hard. He's low got the Ronaldo early, low and hard right? yeah. um, thing. He takes it's it. almost it like earlier. he's learned from him at club level. Like, like... You've made me feel physically ill.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, look, I don't want it to happen. I'm just trying. I'm just. It's, I'm trying to work work through my angst now so that when it comes to the game, I could just sort of be a bit more serene. Because if I, if I imagine all the bad stuff now, it's not going to surprise me when it happens. Yeah, yeah. But and, I'm
1: supposed to be enjoying tonight. Yeah, it's Wednesday exactly. evening,
0: man. <laughs> this is, this Enjoy is good. Enjoy it. England, is are fire. Good. England, are, England are great, lads. England are brilliant. England, England are... So and th- 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 no, but honestly, it, it's it's so funny because it's almost uh if it had been England against Spain, right, you would have backed England tactically anyway because England setup is almost made to play against Spain, sit deep, break into space against the lackluster defense. Fine. Uh, but you know, and the one worry you had against playing Denmark was not even just that they were good, they were very good, but if there's one team has a bigger narrative potency than England, you know, expected narrative, XN. You know, and in England, it's Denmark, right? With what ha- what they've been <laughs> yeah. through, which which yeah. is genuinely tragic, right? And and they really did well to fight through that. Um, so you're worried about that. But the fact that England fought through that and didn't let themselves because you must have, like at some point when you were struggling, you go one nil down, you're thinking, Oh god, it's gonna happen, isn't it? They must have the but the players fought through that, and that's the, the gut check. They had they had the gut check. It's like you guys are toast. Oh no, 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 we're not, we're gonna fight back, we're gonna get into it. And so yeah, on paper, Italy, much better much better team than England, much better midfield than England, and that you're worried that's going to dominate. But again, you just look at the positives, right? If the pressing game for England is on point and Mason him out, whatever else he can do, the boy can press. Oh, yeah, he loves the press. He, he loves you know, he loves it. He will be all over Jorginho or Verratti, whichever one, I don't know which one it's going to be. He will be all over one of them. Probably Jorginho because he knows him from, knows him from Chelsea, he knows his movements, right? So you can almost say Jorginho is not going to have much of an influence. We can hope to, right? And then it's just about, look, Calvin... Or Declan, it's, one is It's Calvin Phillips on Verratti. You, you got, that's where the game, that's almost where the game's gonna be won. Almost. Put, put like, money on a booking after three minutes. I mean, oh, I this is, no, but for who? Verratti and <laughs> <in, in Verratti laughs> knockout football. Verratti and <laughs> knockout football is very dodgy, man. Very, remember against Belgium, he got that booking and then he shoved De Bruyne off the ball, like really blatantly, mm. like right in front of the referee, you're thinking, oh, calm down, Marco. And he's always, very, he's either excellent in knockout football or he gets sent off. Like it's one of the two, right? <laughs> and Spain, Spain was a rare thing where he was just neutered, right? So you wonder, at England, is he going to be excellent or is Calvin Phillips going to really just wind him up and get him sent off? That's that's almost where the game will be won because I do think Mount will, not Newton or Junior, but make it very hard for Junior to influence the game. And uh, obviously we saw Emerson couldn't really get it going because there's no sprint. So Emerson probably will, will uh, this is the thing, if you start Saka, that shuts down Emerson as well. Again, I I think he probably will stick with Saka because he likes Saka's energy and defensive work rate. So you can almost see, uh, not in the same way that Spain did it, but in a different sort of way, Italy can, Spain, England can shut down Italy in the same way that, that, that Spain did, in the same effective way that Spain did, but it all falls down because, can Calvin Phillips handle Variety? Because Koke handled Variety brilliantly, gold star, but Koke is a veteran of two La Liga wins, countless games against, literally the two, best player of all time. Like, He's played brilliant, better players than than uh, than Marco Verratti. With all due respect to Marco Verratti, right? Plays against Luka Modric uh, twice a year at least. Tony Cruz twice a year. He knows it's in his blood. He knows how Calvin Phillips hasn't played against anyone as good as Marco Verratti. I'm pretty sure any midfielder, any like, deep line midfielder who in the Premier League has he, really played against that good. No one, right? There isn't anyone. So this is Calvin Phillips is like okay, uncharted territory. Can you do it? If he can do it, you know England can shut Italy down. They can isolate Insigne. Like, which is what, which is what they do. It, it, Mancini will probably start with one of one of, but if he starts with Immobile, England are in a good, good, good place. If he starts with Belotti even then England are in a good place because Belotti can scrap. But that's the one thing you can say Maguire can do is can scrap. Mm. So you know, it's 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 just it's all going
1: to come down to Calvin Phillips versus Marco Verratti. <laughs> I feel like I'm being psychologically coached, yeah.
3: Yeah, does, and I and, I, and I
1: appreciate it because I will sleep better. Although that said. <laughs>
3: Calvin Phillips
1: versus Verratti for the Euro 2020 trophy. I know I'll put my money on. (laughs) Marcelo Bielsa versus
0: Thomas... No, not Thomas. Marisa Pochettino. Oh, my God. It's mentor versus student,
2: guys. It's Bielsa versus versus Poch. Everybody's enjoying themselves. Um, Right, um, just before we go, I am going to ask you both for a prediction because why not? Because why not? Um, (laughs) And I'm going to start with you, Samuel.
1: I'm physically, mentally unable to perform. We'll win it. You think England will win? We keep winning. You do keep <laughs>
2: winning. That is how you get to finals. <laughs> That's what I've always said. If you keep winning, you tend to get to finals. We'll um, just go with England win. England win, just playing. Mamet? Yeah, I'm going to
0: go with England. You know, Italy are fantastic, but then this the the everything is behind me they're playing at Wembley they've just i just think i believe in calvin phillips i that's what i'm <laughs> saying i believe in Marcelo Bielsa. i think italy if spinazzola was playing i would back italy
1: yeah me too i'll me say too. that
0: if spinazzola was playing i would back italy because it, that that's too much for him to deal with even beca saka that's too much right but spinazzola is not going to play and that's sad that's tragic he's been excellent and we really miss him I hope he recovers quickly but he's not playing and i just think England are uniquely set said. I said this earlier on podcast, earlier the podcast. I said England are uniquely set up in that mid, one thing you can do to fit these midfields to is press them. England's midfield can press. Yeah, again, if they can do anything else, they can press. And I think that's going to help them shut down that Italian midfield or at least combat it and uh, slow it down enough that it doesn't kill them. I'm worried about Borella versus Maguire. I really am. And uh, Chiesa versus anybody. As soon as he gets the sight of the goal, he is a versus Pickford. I'm worried about that. And Chiellini is a monster, but Raheem Sterling has been so good in this tournament. And the thing about Sterling is, you can't even like what you what, what they did to Spain was they rode it out to extra time, they dragged it out, dragged out. You can't drag Aaron at Sterling. he gets faster as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so also he has made, can, he, to Lorenzo. That's, that's that's the weak point. That's yeah. the big the big that yeah. like, yeah. so really. I'm I'm backing yeah. England because I think but, England have what it takes. But you've got to kill
1: any in the center, but you've got the guys you've got the other guys in their own penalty box and if you if England do get to the point where they're driving at them and you've got Raheem moving and moving and moving and you've got Grealish driving and driving and you've got Foden wriggling like uh, is going to come over eight minutes. He's going to get subbed and then subbed off again. I'm also,
0: we haven't had a Marcus Rashford moment so
1: far in this tournament. Yeah, that would be a penalty. That would be, be, be the winning penalty in a shootout. I mean, it, it
0: could honestly be. Don't. This is the thing. I've been thinking the whole tournament. I've not, not like any logical thing. I've been thinking everyone's kind of had a moment in this one. All the major players have had a moment, right? But Rashford hasn't really had a moment. And like you Got think pitch, he... mostly. Yeah, no, he hasn't. But it's just like you just think... Southgate has managed to almost give everyone a moment, right? He's uh, he rotated his squad so that everyone, and basically, with the exception of Connor Cody and Ben Chilwell and the goalies, the backup goalies, everyone has had a moment, right? Even Bellingham comes on, breaks that in the England appearance. So everyone's had a go. Everyone's had a moment, except for Rafford, who's just appeared a few times. And, you know, he's so, he might be the most clutch forwarding and have. So you bring him on in a final. Let's say he's had a rough season, he's been injured, he's carrying his pain, you know. And but he's not said a word, not complained, you know. So I just have a feeling about this, you know. It's it's just
2: Rashford You're coming going on one nil England. Rashford, that is. Yeah. A, if you you should back that, you should back that because that's <laughs> almost certainly about two million to one. Um. At, at this point, <laughs> I, I've just got to make a narrative FC point at this point. Um. And it's a tweet I'm reading out from a, a Portuguese football podcast called Proxima Jornada. Uh, it says football could really come full circle in the Euro final. Current European holders, Portugal, are the last team to beat Italy back in 2018. Since that game, Italy have embarked on a historic three-year unbeaten run. Could they then win Euro 2020, taking the European crown from the last team to defeat them? In 2016, Portugal had to beat France in France in the final. Now Italy face England in England. It all adds up. Mm, Um, That's a pretty heavy narrative. I'm going 2-0 Italy, Chiesa and Insigne. That's where I'm at that's oh. where my head's at um, oh. and, and we'll see how we go we'll see how we go um, but basically all that's left to do on this podcast is say thank you so much man, for joining us it's been a real pleasure my pleasure it's lads it's been great let's
0: do it again sometime
2: let's definitely do it again sometime thank you very much to Sam Tsai thank you
3: mate
2: I hope that Dean Jones is <laughs> oh my god, god I'm, so I I'm so nervous already I'm so nervous thank you to Dean Jones for sending in his thoughts from Wembley Way we hope he's uh, he's somewhere on the way home Um, I've been Jack Collins, this has been Branks FC, and on Sunday,
3: it's either coming home or it's coming Rome. Take it easy. Peace.